All right, let's pray together, shall we? Lord, we just thank you that we can come into your presence this morning. We thank you that you're already here. We thank you for the awesome time of worship we're able to have and just enter in and lay aside the things of the week, Lord, and enter into your presence. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you take the things that you've laid on my heart and as I share them, Lord, that your truth would sink into our heart and mind and that we'd be transformed and renewed, Lord. Just pray your peace in this place. And Lord, that you would have your way here this morning. We pray in Jesus' precious name. And we all said... Amen. All right, I was waiting on the Lord and, and saying, Lord, what do you want me to share about? And, you know, when you preach a message, it's like 101 thoughts often go whirling around, especially if you're in my brain. And, uh, and, but I really just sat down and all through this week I've been um, just feeling this, God wants us to know how to fight. He wants us to know that he is with us. And as I waited on the Lord, he said, tell my people how to fight. That tell them that I am with them. I am with them. And I had this picture as the Lord was speaking to me of these angels with these mighty swords. And you know I've done it before. I'm going to show you because visual is always good. These angels and they had these swords. You know that and they like, you know, like we had that movie, The Bible. Who's seen The Bible? And those kamikazes, you know, not kamikazes, they killed themselves. But, um, but, you know, those awesome angels that came in and, and Sodom and Sodom. And, and they came and they brought out the their knives and, and, yeah, and their swords. They weren't just knives. I actually was very tempted to get Stuart to bring his whopping big sword that he has as you enter their door. He's got this big sword. And I thought, well, that would be really good. But I, I just thought I might do damage to myself if I tried to whip it around. Or <laughs> <laughs> somebody else. Yeah, it's quite long, isn't it, Stuart? But I had this picture when the Lord was saying, he said, tell my people how to fight. Tell them I am with them. And I had that picture of the angels being with us. And tell them I love them, but they must stand up and not, not cower to fear. God doesn't want us to shrink back in fear. Must stand and live. Tell them that I am with them and that neither height nor depth nor anything in all creation will ever separate them from my love. Nothing. So God really wants us this morning to grab hold of the fact that he wants us to know how to stand. He wants us to know how to live the life that he died to give us. You know, John 10, 10 says, John, John, John 10, 10 says that he came to give us fullness and abundant, overflowing, rip-roaring, Harley Davidson, awesome life. Yes? Amen? Have I got you? Or you're lost on the knife thing. <laughs> you're here. But he wants us to know that he is with us and neither height nor depth nor anything in all creation can separate us from his love. And it's pretty cool that Shara actually sang that song today because that, that's, when we speak that out, we're actually speaking that and we're prophesying that over our life. When we sing songs like that, we're actually speaking it out and it's our spiritual weapon. So when we sing and we worship, it's actually a weapon of warfare. Yeah? And one of the biggest things which comes against us believing that God is with us, that we are conquerors, that we are overcomers, is that we get afraid. And this morning I want to talk about that, about fear and how we overcome it because fear is something that paralyzes us and and causes us not to feel like we can fight and one of the one of the things is fear of failure fear of rejection fear of being disappointed fear of not being worthy fear of our past fear of our future and if we're not afraid of any of those we're just fear of the what ifs if we can't think of anything we, we're really good at you know finding things to be afraid of you know and then the bible has over 360 times in the word it says fear not I wonder why? Because it's you know, almost one for every day of the year. Fear not, for I am with you. Yeah? And the devil, he's a real stinker. 
isn't he? He's a big hairy stinker. And he comes to rob and kill and destroy from us. He comes to nick our stuff. It's like, you know, I often say we've got this great big you know, banqueting table laid before us and the psalm says that and it's like a Christmas tree and you've got all those presents under the tree and the devil's trying to nick your stuff. And I know that we wouldn't stand there and let a thief come and nick our stuff, would we, under the Christmas tree? I love Christmas, so, yeah. You know, we've got our lovely prezzies that somebody we love has bought us. We're not going to stand back and let somebody steal, but too often that's exactly what we do with the devil. We let him steal from us because we don't know how to fight. We don't know how to fight. So this morning I want to teach us how we don't have to be afraid and we can fight. So you're ready now, yeah? Because Jesus came to give us life and we have such a life in him. And sometimes we might just get a glimpse of it. You know, we're in worship or we have a dream and uh, he shows us a picture or a vision and we see it, don't we? We see ourselves up on the mountaintops. We see ourselves, you know, rip-roaring through life. We see ourselves with the things that God has placed in our spirits. We see it and then it fades away because we lose focus and we start to believe what we can see instead of what God's put in our spirit. You know, our spirit, what's in our spirit would actually blow our minds if we really hooked on to everything's in it because our spirit has, was born again. When you ask Jesus into your heart, your spirit, which was dead, and dark became alive with the glory of God on the inside of it. Your spirit is actually renewed and alive. But it's our soul that needs to be restored and renewed. And that's the process of when we come into worship, when, we're, when we read the word, when we pray, is our soul is being built up. Our soul is being renewed. Our spirit is buzzing all the time, isn't it? And when you get into that place, you know that, that your spirit is good. It's all the other stuff. Our soul. And that's why it says... When you prosper your soul, I, I, you know, I pray above everything, John says in First John, that your soul would prosper because everything will be well with you then. Because your spirit is singing and soaring, but your soul needs some work on it. Yeah? It's not that our spirit has you know, darkness in it. It's our soul that gets caught up on the things of the world and the things that so easily trip us up. And so it's our hearts and our minds and our emotions that have to be transformed as we gain a knowledge of the life that we can have in Jesus. It's when we gain knowledge of the life that God has died to give us, that Jesus you know, shed his blood for, that, that our soul starts to prosper and be transformed. Romans 12 verse 1 says that we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and not to conform to the patterns of the world so that we would know the good and perfect will of God. So it's you know, our minds, that's part of our soul, it's our minds and our hearts and our emotions that are be transformed. Our spirit's already, woohoo! Yeah? We, we got that. It's the soul, that old soul thing that we've got to, we've got to you know, put God's stuff into. If you turn with me to Luke chapter 6, verse 46, I want to read to you about building on the rock. Because one of the greatest ways that we combat fear and combat the things that the enemy tries to nick from us and steal from us is we build our life right. And it says in verse 46, it says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, this is Jesus, and not do the things which I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and then not do the things I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. So God actually wants us to come to him, but not just come to him and say, Lord, I just want your salvation, I want to go to heaven. That's great. But he also says, if you do the things that I say, I'll tell you what you're like. You'll be like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundations on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream bet vehemently against that house and could not shake it, 
for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream bent vehemently and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. And we often think, oh, that's the unsaved and the saved that's talking about. But it could also be that, you know, there are two, two people that have heard the message that received Jesus. One lays strong, deep foundations in who Jesus is and what he has done. And the other just hears and goes, oh, yeah, I'll just do my own thing. God wants us to be people that lay firm, deep, deep, deep foundations in him. Because when you do that, he says, you'll be like a man who, who cannot be shaken. And sometimes we think where foundations are good and then something hits us like a mat truck, doesn't it? Yeah? And we, so when that happens, we've got to go back and dig some deeper foundations. Have you ever been taken out in areas and think, I thought I was strong, but look at me now. Then don't give up. Go back and dig some deeper foundations in God's word and who he is and who he says you are. Because when you get that, Jesus says that you'll be like a man who built his house on the rock and he would not be shaken. And when the floods came, when the trials came, he did not fall down. So sometimes we beat us up and go, oh, well, that didn't work. Well, go back and dig deeper into the kingdom and the way the kingdom does things. Dig deeper into the word so you might know that, when, that you know who you are in him. Now, I've had times in my life when I thought, oh, well, I had good foundations. I was strong in that area. And something's come and just swipes me. And I've gone, oh. But God says, don't give up. You need to go back to the basics and lay firmer, deeper foundations. And the bigger things God has for us to do, the deeper, deeper, deeper we have to go to lay firmer foundations. You know, the bigger the plan is, the deeper the foundations. Amen? Yeah? And God wants us to lay our foundations deep in him. You know, many people try to use the word as a formula without digging into the principles. But the wise person dug deep to lay the, lay the foundations. And it wasn't just, you know, I'm speaking the word or I'm, you know, the person who builds their faith on just confession only. I'm just speaking the word and it should happen. They're the one that are going to get, the trials are going to take you out. You've got to deep, dig deep into the principles of that word that you're speaking and understand how the kingdom works and who, what Jesus has done for us and who he is because that will remain. It's not just speaking the word, you know, thank you, Lord, that I am healed by stripes, but actually deep, dig deep into why that is, what he has done for us, why that kicked the devil's butt, who he is in us, you know, that he will prosper us. Why? Why will he prosper us? If you don't know, then you need to dig deeper into the word and go, and go through and look it up. You know, we can be a bit lazy and we want to be, you know, the, the, you know, like the channels on the TV and we're just like, well, you have to give me what I want now. But God says, dig deeper into my word and how the kingdom of God works and you will stand strong and firm and have your foundations dug in me. Amen? So we need to take time. I know we don't want to hear that in our, you know, microwave society where it's just, come on, cook it, and that's done. But we, we need to be slow cooker Christians, you know? Slow cooking. And, you know, the French have a thing of they eat slowly, you know, and it's okay to take time to, to dig foundations in. It's okay to spend time and to spend a lot of time to get the truth of God's word because we're not microwave Christians. We need to be slow cooker Christians and get it so that then it's good, Yeah? So that's, and that teaches us how to fight, and it teaches us how to fight against fear and intimidation. The biggest thing is to know what God's word says about us, what Jesus has done for us, and who we are in him, because that is the biggest weapon we have against fear and intimidation. Now this week, I've had a little bit of a, a you know, the devil's been, poke, 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 see if I can, 
poke you where you might be a weak spot. And, you know, I'm, I'm just me. And I have areas where God has to build me up too. You know, we're not superhuman just because we're pastors. We have areas, I know, it's amazing, isn't it, Ken? But we've got to put some work in places where maybe we've been hit before or where the enemy comes and whisper, whisper, whisper in our ear. And we can either choose to listen to him or listen to God. And, and your fear and intimidation comes at us because that's the emotion that the devil can take advantage of in our lives. We can, it's extremely vulnerable to spiritual attack when we start to be afraid. And I'm bet sure if I asked every one of you, you'd say that you have one thing right now that you say, oh yeah, I'm a little bit anxious about that. Yeah, that's been playing on my mind. Because that's the enemy's way that he can come in and, give and, and start to use a spiritual attack against us. You know, Luke 12 says that he counts the hairs upon our head. He counts these that are on our head. Don't tease me. He knows how many hair is on our head and even the ones that aren't there. Hair, whatever. Yeah, bare hair. But he knows all about us. He knows when a sparrow, he knows, when, he knows all about the sparrows. I'm going to have to find a new way to talk. I mean you lot. <laughs> I'm special. <laughs> and he says, you don't have to be afraid. If he knows all about the sparrow, if he knows about all creation and he created and he knows how to look after creation, isn't he going to know that what you need? He says, don't worry about all those things, but seek me first. I know that you need to eat. I know that you need your bills paid. I know the dreams I've put in your heart. I know all about them. Don't be afraid, he says. And the enemy, he knows that he he just comes along and he tries to get us on this track where we just keep on going round and round and he has these little familiar spirits that track you and they try to trip you up on the same things over and over again. And when you know that you're falling in the same pattern, where you know, and I know I've got things where the enemy just comes along and he'll start to whisper things. And I, I can feel this butterfly start on my stomach. I feel myself tense up. I'm like, oh, and I get annoyed at myself. And you have to know that is where your weak spot is, then beef up your weak spot. You know, if you know your tummy needs toning, what do you do? With Shara. You tone it. Don't work out with her. She's cruel. But... <laughs> But you tone it, you do the plank and the sit-ups and always awful things, but but they're good for you because they tone you up, they make you stronger, you make you sit up straighter, make you walk taller. If you know where your weak spot is, if you're a good steward of your body, then you beef it up, don't you? Look at them all. (laughs) If you know that you've got a weak spot in your soul, that you know that you come down there in your emotions and your thinking, then you beef up that area of your spiritual walk. Beef it up with God's word and you say, you know what? If I'm always afraid about my children and something's going to happen to them, what does the word say? No sudden disaster will come upon my household. That great is the peace of my children. Go to the word and, and, then, and get what God's word says on it. If you're always worrying about your finances and how you'll pay your bills or how you're going to live from week to week, how you're going to eat, then go to the word and find out that he says that he'll provide, that he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider, that he, there is no lack in him, Psalm 23, that he is my shepherd and there is no lack, that he owns the cattle and a thousand hills. Amen. That when we give unto him, he'll give back to us, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Yeah, that you cannot outgive God. If you tithe, he says, or open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that you will not be able to contain it. You cannot outgive God. So if you, you look at your life and you know that you've got a weak spot in your soul and your mind and your emotions, then beef it up because the devil, he comes to kill and rob and destroy us of our joy. And so we, we can just sit there and go, oh, well, 
If it's God's will, I'll be all right. Well, of course it's God's will. Jesus went to the cross for it. He shed his blood for it. He was pierced for it. He was beaten up for it. That so he became poor that we might be, I can't stand, he became poor so that we might be rich in every way. Yeah? He, he went through that for us. So if you know that you've got a weak spot, just sit for a minute. I guarantee that all of us would know where that weak spot or two or three are. Stick the word in there. That is your sword. Beat the devil round the head with your Bible. Now jump on the devil's head, Shara said this morning. You know, she's singing because that is how we prosper. And he says, and John said, I pray above all things that your soul might prosper. Why? Because then you are strong against spiritual attack. Then you are strong to live the life that God called you to live. You're strong to walk in the purpose and calling that he called us to live. We are meant to be conquerors. We're not just plodding along. Remember, we're to run the race. We're not on little mopeds, the old crusty ones that fall apart and the dogs run faster than. Yeah? We're to rip run. Yeah, we're to rip raw through life. And I know I say it all the time, but it's the start of the year, so I'm going to give it again. Yeah? This year is to be better than last year. We're to live our highest life. And the way we do it is to, one of the ways we do it is to examine our heart and see what we are afraid of. There's no point going, oh, well, put blinkers on and just keep on walking because it's going to take you out. When you are weak, when there are things that come one, two, three at a time at you. You know, Murphy's Law says, you know, three things come at once or something like that because that's the devil's plan. You might be able to handle one bad thing, two bad things, three bad things, four bad things, you're probably lying down and I don't want to get out of bed, yeah? So God knows that if we do not give into fear and we examine our hearts and know we're afraid of it and beef up in that area, the devil can't get us on the same track all the time. You're getting that? Because fear is linked with lack of both faith and a fear of the Lord, who he is. The fear of God is knowing who he is and that he is mighty, that he is powerful, that he is strong, that he is the creator of the universe. Now, when we get to heaven, we're going to look back at our life and wonder why we're afraid back in that little spot in 2014. We go, what was I doing? What was I thinking? Yeah, God, awesome creator of the universe, the glory all around him, the power that exudes from him. No? And we'll just go, what were we thinking? Because we're not... We have a fear of the devil and the fear of what he can do to us instead of the fear of the Lord and the wisdom that comes with that. The Lord says, do not be afraid for I am with you. We need, if we're not sure who that is, then dig into God's word and find out who it is that says, I am with you. God says, I am with you. Do not be afraid. I'll be with you to the end of the age, the word says that Jesus said. Mighty God, glory exuding from him. He just turns and says, let there be light, and the whole universe lights up. And he says, I'm with you. So what are you afraid of? What are we afraid of? Stinky devil and his whispering lies, because he knows he's a defeated foe. He knows that he is defeated. Fear is his main weapon that he uses to torment uh, torment us and dictate our feelings and our behavior. And God wants us to be delivered from that fear. When people are free of fear, they can walk in power and authority and victory. And they run the race that is set before them. And he is called, the devil is called the father of lies. And he tries to handicap us with fear because he knows that the truth will both set us free and make us free. You know, who the son sets free is free indeed. Who Jesus sets free is free indeed. Amen? So he used, the devil uses a natural emotion of fear to try and get us in this little tailspin because if we don't deal with that fear, then what comes on us in 2 Timothy is a spirit of fear. 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. But if we don't deal with that little tailspin of fears that just come from natural emotion and we get into just, you know, not prospering our soul, then what can come into our life is a spirit of fear. And we're afraid because it's a spirit that the enemy throws at us and it sits there and blah, blah, blah in your ear all the time and you just shove it out of the way and deal with it. But if we don't, we're just always going to be afraid. And God says something and you see it in your spirit, you dream it, you can see it, but you're too afraid all the time because a spirit of fear has got near you. And he says, God has not given you that spirit. He has given you a power, supernatural ability, the grace of God on you to deal with that spirit. He has given you boldness and love and a sound mind. You know, the spirit of fear tries to intimidate us and keep us from being bold and courageous. And I know because I have that spirit of fear come at me this week. And he tried to intimidate me. He tries to make me fearful. He tries to make me anxious. You know, if it's feeling sick and I'm like, what is wrong? There's no reason for this. And I lay down and had a sleep and I woke up and I was like, the spirit of fear is floating around. So I spent some time in the Word and I spent some time praying and that spirit of fear lifts because what do you do? You speak the Word back at it. You say, you get out of my life. My God is for me. I am more than a conqueror. I have God with me. And you speak the Word back at him. And you know what? That spirit of fear has to flee. Resist the devil. But too often we just lie there. I'm having a bad day. It's terrible. We lie there and it says, speak to that and tell it to go. It says, speak to the mountain and it will go. It'll make way. It has to because you have God in you. Greater than he is, it, it is in you than he that is in the world. Who's in the world? The devil, the stinky devil. And he says, greater than he that is in you. You have the resurrection power, DNA flowing through you of the most high God. And he says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we don't have to give way to fear, but we've got to stand up. We've got to be feisty sometimes. I know we just want to lie down and have a pity party and crawl under the blankets and but we can't do that if we're going to win. We can't do that if we're going to live the life that Jesus died to give us. I know we want to. Our flesh just cries out. Just leave me alone. I want to eat chocolate. We want to do that, but we can't. And I'm, you know, I'm preaching to myself because I have my moments. Just ask my husband. I have my moments. I'm like, Pah. and we can't do that because God has said that we are here for a purpose and a call and I don't want us to get to the end of our days and look back and go, oh, look what I could have done. Look how I could have lived. Look what I could have made an impact. We are world changers. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a world changer. Turn to the other side and say, you're a world changer. Amen. You're getting it. Find the root of your fear. A key to come overcoming this fear is finding the root of where it began. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you where the root came from. If you're afraid all the time of the same thing, go back and say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me. Get quiet with him. You know, the Holy Spirit is a much cheaper counsellor. You can spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars, and I'm not having a go at counsellors, they're great. But go to the Holy Spirit first. He's a great counsellor. He's our standby, our advocate, and say, Lord, show me where the root of that fear is coming from. What has happened to get that in there? Because it, you weren't born with that. That came from somewhere. So say, Holy Spirit, where has that come from? It could have been a traumatic experience. It could have been that you just watched too much horror movies. You know? You know, if you're a visual person like me, I can't watch some things because the enemy gets in and plays on my mind. You know, don't feed your fear. Sometimes we're just a little bit thick. We feed, we feed the things we're afraid of. When I'm pregnant, I'm not pregnant, by the way, just 
I know I preached a pregnant sermon last <laughs> but I'm not. My daughter is. But um, when I, I'm pregnant, I don't listen to people's horror stories about their labours. I don't listen to people saying, oh, you're, you know, 39, whatever, Down syndrome, blah, blah, blah. I don't listen to that. Don't, because if I did, that fear would rise up. We've got to listen to what God's word says. Yes, we know all those things in the natural, but we've got to deal with our life in the spirit. If we're looking and we're, you know, when we were renting a house and we're in Wembley Downs and it was $300 a week and the Lord said, do not look at the newspaper or what the rest of the rents are in your area. Because I looked once and I was like, <gasps> the 650 bucks down the street, across the road, that's what they're paying. And I mean, we're living by faith and just trusting God. But he said, do not look at the newspaper. Sometimes people will get on the phone and say, oh, you know, the rents are going up. What are you going to do? And I'd, the Lord would say, take your, the phone away from your ear. Do not listen. Because if I fed that fear, then I have to deal with that. So do not feed your fear. If you're afraid of being alone at home at night, don't watch horror movies. Come on now. Sometimes we can be pretty silly. Don't watch things where, do, 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 you know, coming up behind you. Don't do that to yourself because that feeds your fear. <laughs> it's true. Now, I used to come running, running from the door to, when I was a kid to anybody under the bed thing. And you'd come running from the door and take a bounding leap from the middle of the room and hope I landed on the middle of the bed because you're afraid it was under the bed. And you've got to deal with that, Lurgy, under the bed. Yeah? Who does that still? You speak to that lurgy under the bed. There's nothing there. Jesus encompasses you. <laughs> ah, funny. <laughs> okay, so go through and find what the root of your fear is and then be sensible and don't feed the thing. Go and say, Lord, what is it? Is it a generational root where your mother told you, your grandmother told you, your great aunt Bertha told you, oh, you've got to be afraid of this. Oh, everybody in the family has died of cancer, so you're going to die of cancer. Oh, everybody has diabetes. Oh, well, you know, you're going to get that. That's a generational fear. I, will, I just refuse. I just point blank refuse. I do not listen to that rubbish. I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus. I am I'm seated in him. I am grafted into him. And I, he is in me and I am in him. And Jesus doesn't have diabetes or cancer. So either will I. Because I'm in him and he's in me. Yeah? Amen. You can give a shout. But don't give in to the generational thing. You know, people, they speak stuff. And I know they mean well sometimes. But, you know, I was talking to Isaac and, and he was talking about, there's a rhyme, you know, Mr. picked it up at school or something. Is it Dirty Rotten Rascal? What's that this rhyme that goes? And you're a dirty rotten rascal. Yeah, and you're the dirty rascal. And I stopped and I said, Isaac, we don't tell people we're a dirty rascal. So he goes, all right, I'm the king of the castle and I'm the dirty rascal. I'm like, No. <laughs> backtrack again I said all right we don't say things that aren't in the Bible and I thought about that after it came out of my mouth and I thought if we just as adults didn't let things that aren't in the Bible come out of our mouths how much better would be be how much better would our family life be if we just refused to let anything that wasn't in the Bible come out of our mouth if we just refused to not say anything that God doesn't say about us because the enemy he'll go you're a sinner you're unworthy if people knew that about you. That's the devil and he's the father of lies and he's a stinker. And you've got to get rid of that stinking thinking. If we refused to have in our consciousness and who we are anything that Jesus didn't say about us, that it did not come out of our mouth. If we can't say something, we put a zip on it. 
You know, I know I've heard told you before, when, I, when I'm tempted to speak rubbish, I do get the vacuum cleaner out because it stops me talking. You know, and if I don't get the vacuum cleaner out, my husband tells me, stop talking nonsense. Yeah? You've got to have those people in your life that say, be quiet now. Go and have a quiet time. Yeah? If you, because if we were did what I told Isaac, just don't say anything that's not in the Bible. How different would our life be? Pretty awesome, I think. Because we would start to get hold of who we are in him, what he has done for us and his plan and purpose for it. Put into practice this week. Don't let anything that's not in the Bible, and if you don't know what's in the Bible, it'll be a good way to read it. Yeah? What am I? Let's see. Well, I can't talk unless it's in the Bible. And don't go into Deuteronomy, Leviticus and the sacrifices for heaven's sake, all right? But if we just said what God said about us, if we just spoke what God said about others and our situation, how different would we be? God has so much for us and he has so much for us to experience in him. We have just touched it little. No, it'd blow your mind what God has for us. And I know he is doing stuff around the world. There is a move of the spirit coming. It is starting together. And, you know, this is Stuart and, and Lisa, by the way. They're Kalgoorlie people and uh, very blessed to know them. And um, they had rain, crazy amount of rain. But I got very excited when I heard about the rain and the flooding because I know that, you know, I went up there in August and I spoke about I hear a sound of rain and I see the rain coming and I hear it and the Holy Spirit got on and every time I said it, bang, and stuff happened. And so when, you know, what, what happens in the natural coincide what happens in the spirit realm. So watch out. Because it starts, it says in the, Shara actually saying it today, I hear this, I know there's a new move coming, let it come. He says there's streams in the desert and blossoming coming. You know, that's prophetic word that's coming out. And it's not just here, it's all over the world. It's starting to, you know, new thing. oh there it is, new things coming, new things coming. And it's like, and what he does in the natural and, you know, it starts in the desert and it flows down and it's like rivers in the desert, rivers in the desert and it hits us. Is it, is it, he's showing, showing Kalgoorlie and if anybody saw the news, it was awesome. There was water everywhere. It was flooding and the creeks were up and it was great. And I don't think it's flooded that 1924 or something was the last one like that. But it was like what God does in the natural, he just goes, look at what I can do. It was 40 degrees the week before. Yeah? 44. And yet, like that, there's a new things coming in God. And God wants us to be ready not to be weighed down with the worries of the world and sin and fear and all the things that the devil tries to trap. Because if he can cloud us, we're not ready. And God wants us ready to run with what is coming. It is coming whether you're ready or not. It's on the way. It's on the way. And you just got to listen to what is happening around the world. And there is a new move of God coming. And he wants us to be smack bomb in the middle of it. Yeah, but we've got to make sure that our lives are ready. You know, and God says, I have plans for you. And I know Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, a lot of you know it. it. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That is God, what he says to you. I know the plans I have for you. Plans that you would soar on wings like eagle. Plans that you'd be on a mountaintop. Plans that you would, you know, just sing. Sing out how good God is because, you know, then you don't have to worry about witnessing. It just flows out of you. You're so happy people are going to go, what on earth happened to you? You're so light and, you're, you know, the burden is light and easy. Christian life does not have to be heavy and hard. He says, my burden and my yoke is light and easy. 
you know, not like, I wonder if they read the Bible, light and easy people. But anyway, you know, it's like light and easy. <laughs> oh, I cracked myself up. <laughs> ah. Alrighty, where am I? I think we'll just, uh, back. you get that clip ready. I came across this awesome clip and uh, about how we are the Christian life, not pl- yet, don't play it yet, the Christian life and how God wants us to be. Now, this is a powerful way that if we actually spoke this, and you can get it down on MP3 if you want to have it on your phone, that if we actually spoke this and believed this, this is what knowing who you are in Jesus and knowing what he has done for you, if you spoke this out over your life, I tell you what, you'd be light and easy because it is powerful. You know, what, the, what Jesus has done for us on the cross, that he's broken the power of the devil, that he came to destroy the works of the devil and he has done for it, that he's broken all the things that, and all the fear. You don't have to be afraid, but you do have to be sensible and you do have to be honest at where you are and go, God, just deal with my fear and, spe- and then start to speak the word over it and believe what God says and don't let anything that isn't in the Bible come out of your mouth and you will be different. I'm going to finish with this. Let's stand up and be counted. I know, I know you're not, you don't actually have to stand up, but let's stand up and be counted. And I know you'll get encouraged when you watch this, but uh, do we need the lights off maybe? If the, if the picture is distracting, just close your eyes. Just put it right up, Becky, like the volume. The Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. So today, I will give no place to fear or failure. I will not accept a trace of apathy in my attitude or actions. I will reject complacency and embrace the greatness that God has planted inside of me. I will waste no opportunity to glorify God and maximize everything he has entrusted to me. I will fight. My battle is not against flesh and blood, but against a spiritual enemy who opposes me. So I will draw the battle lines and face my enemy with a bold determination. My enemy fights against me because he fears me. Every time I resist him, he must flee. And every time he reminds me of my past, I will remind him of his future. I will make no excuses, but through every obstacle, I will find a way. I will not procrastinate my progress. I will not defer my destiny. I will not waver when I'm weak. I will not cower when my circumstances take a turn for the worse because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will fight. Even if I lose the battle, I will win the war because I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. I will reject the lies that echo in my mind, telling me that I don't have what it takes, that my best is behind me, or that humiliation awaits me. The devil is a liar, and my God always causes me to triumph. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord, I will fight. I'm unashamed to represent a kingdom that is unshakable. No one will be able to stand against God's plan for me all the days of my life. With my God, I will advance against every troop. With his help, I will scale every wall. Though my enemies surround me, my God surrounds my enemies. Though they may come at me one way, they will flee seven ways because no weapon formed against me will prosper. And every evil thing that rises against me, I will condemn, I will fight. My heart is steadfast. My purpose is immovable. I am always abounding in the work of the Lord. And my potential is unlimited because the limitless God lives within me. I will fight. The cross is before me. 
The world is behind me. I'll never turn back. I'll never give up. I'll never settle. I'll never stop short. I will press toward the mark for the prize that is already mine. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation shall be able to separate me from my God and if my God is for me who can be against me I will fight fight let's stand together Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we thank you for your word that is fire in us. Lord, we thank you that it transforms our minds and our hearts. Lord, and I pray this morning that it would sink deep into our hearts and minds and transform us, Lord, that we would stand and we would fight, that we would face our fears and we would just push them aside, Lord, with your word. Lord, that no word that is not in your word about us we would speak, Lord. Let us be people of discipline. Let us be people who know who we are in Christ. And if we don't know that, we would take the time to find out. Lord, I pray for your spirit right now to come and just settle upon each one of us, Lord, to settle and just to speak to us, just to face who we are and what we're afraid of, Lord, and give it to you. Lord, we know that you are with us. We know that we are more than conquerors. We know that you, are, you are, have a plan for us that is far beyond anything we could hope or dream or imagine. And Lord, so we want to be in the midst of that. So deal with us in our lives, Lord. Help us to face the things that we're afraid of and run past them, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word that is a sword in our hands. We thank you that we can fight because you have fought for us already. We thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper because you are with us. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said, Amen.